We gather here on a morning in spring to celebrate living freely and honestly, to hold dear the hopes of our hearts, to rejoice in the transforming power of love and to share life's journey. Here we choose to worship together. Though the meaning we give to such a gathering may differ, yet we value this shared endeavour. United by our support for one another in being greater than we might otherwise be. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. I wonder how life is treating you at this moment. Did you bounce out of bed this morning? Or was it a struggle? Are you feeling burdened by life's demands or capable of taking it all in your stride? Is your body or your heart even aching? Are you yearning for something but you don't know yet quite what that might be? However you are this morning, Whatever you bring here, wherever you come from, and whoever you know yourself to be, there's a place for you here amongst this gathered people. This is a sacred time and a sacred place, made holy by our presence here and by our care and our concern for one another and for our wider world. So let's take a conscious breath now. Let's still ourselves, ground ourselves, take this opportunity to align ourselves with that which we hold to be divine. We unite in our differences in background and belief. We unite with gratitude and hope Hope for a world of differences. Hope for a world that honours difference. We unite in community with gratitude for difference. And in the spirit of unity, our chalice is lit, uniting us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalist communities throughout our land and across the seas. This is a reading. Um, It was given by (coughs) Reverend Beryl Allerton, who's uh, another Unitarian minister up in the north of England. And she uh, gave this reading at the General Assembly. um, And it's in this week's Enquirer, um, if anybody wants to have a hard copy of it afterwards. Welcome to the meeting place, the time when what has gone before and what is yet to be meet. The between, where the light of the known meets the shadow of unknowing, the pause when reflection meets anticipation. I remember, as I'm sure we all do, as a child, going to the park to swing on the swings and ride the roundabout, lying back with eyes closed to see how dizzy we became. Then onto the seesaw, only to find that the person on the other end was too heavy, which left you helpless, legs dangling in the air or the other person was too light and you never got off the ground. Either way, it didn't work and was no fun at all. Without the ends being balanced, the seesaw didn't work. But then a friend would come along and balance up the weight and all would be well. Now the seesaw seesawed and you flew in the air 
and bumped your bottom as you came down to the ground. If we all thought and understood and believed alike, we would all be sitting on one end of the seesaw. There would be nothing to balance it, and we would be grounded and never uplifted. But we are Unitarians. We don't think or understand or believe alike. Some sit on one end of the seesaw and some on the other. And one way or another, with a bit of respect and tolerance and love, we balance the space between, the axis where the ends meet, and the seesaw swings freely. Sometimes one end can get a bit heavy, but usually not for long, because usually someone comes and joins in and sits on the opposite end, and the difference is equalised. Balance and diversity meet. The folk at the other end of the seesaw are very important to help us balance our life, our work, our play, our faith. Sometimes they send us flying in the air. Sometimes they bring us down to earth. They stop us getting too serious, too heavy. They keep us moving, remind us to play, to laugh and have fun in faith. Diversity needs balance. Balance needs diversity. Welcome to equilibrium, place of balance, space between, pause of stillness, where possibility invites us to meet and play together. Thank you, Caroline. And let's now take that idea of finding a place of balance in diversity into our time of prayer and reflection together. As I call on the divine spirit of life and of love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together this day. May these gatherings of ours be a true spiritual home for the seeker. A friend for the lonely, a companion for the confused. In the stillness of this room, may the suffering, violence and confusion of our world be balanced by a power that will console, renew and uplift our human spirits. May we open our hearts this day to a vision of the divine, and so to each other, in love and in peace, in justice and with human dignity. May the beauty of the divine fill the hearts of all who gather here in our church building, this morning and each day of the week. May all who arrive here weighed down by the problems of humanity, leave with an uplifting sense of the wonder of existence, despite everything. May all who despair find a life-sustaining sense of hope to carry them onwards. And in a brief time of shared stillness now, I invite you to send your thoughts and prayers to places and people in need of love and care that all might know they are not alone. And as we enjoy the freedom to follow the guidance of our own minds and our own hearts, 
May we commit ourselves this day and all days in support of such freedoms the world over. May liberty indeed be the birthright of all. Amen. This story in which all of the birds of the world get together for a conference, it comes from the Sufi storytelling tradition of 14th century Persia. We saw it beautifully reenacted at our recent Unitarian General Assembly annual meetings. It was, it was written by the poet Attar, who is the main character. The poet Attar wakes up one morning to find that he has been transformed into a hoopoe bird on a quest for a true king, the Simorg. The poem begins, It was in China late one moonless night. The Simorg first appeared to mortal sight. He let a feather float down through the air and rumours of its fame spread everywhere. And so the story begins, the, the quest. The hoopoe speaks to his fellow birds with words that even we humans can understand. Birds, he says, look, look at the troubles happening in our world. Anarchy, discontent, upheaval, endless election campaigns, fears about our health service, desperate fights over territory, water, food, poisoned air, unhappiness, I fear we are lost. We must do something. And I have heard tell of a king who has all the answers. Come, fellow birds, we must go and find him. The king they seek is the legendary bird known as the Simorg. And the story tells of the problems the many different birds encounter along the way, all caused by their personal and very human failings. Each bird has a reason for dropping out of the search, too busy, too tired, too afraid, too self-centred. You can fill in your own personal failing at this bit. All these failings of humanity shown by these gathered birds. But eventually, the valiant 30 scale the mountains, reach the distant lake, and when they stare into the waters of that lake where the king will be found, what do they see? A reflection of themselves. And at that point, they understand the Sufi teaching, indeed the teaching of all mystical paths, that God is within us, within each one of us, and within all. We heard this story told by my colleague John Harley at our recent meetings, and he uses it as an allegory for our own journey of faith, and I quote him. You will all fly the journey in your own way and at your own pace, some flying visibly, provocatively, like golden eagles, inviting publicity and comment, while others create change in more mysterious, subtle ways, like curlews flying across marshes in moonlight. And when we reach our destination, we will fully hear the message that we are, each one of us, unique daughters and sons of the source of life, of the beyond we can only glimpse, of God, or of the energy of love and death and rebirth that rushes through all things. When we get to the lake, do we have the confidence to sing our Unitarian message and the audacity to believe in our holiness and our wholeness. I believe we do, said my uh, colleague John. Well, 
that, that hymn um, echoes the take-home message of today's uh, address, which is that together we can achieve so much more than alone. A few weeks ago, I think it was seven of us from this congregation, uh, attended our Unitarian annual meetings. We joined with some 300 other Unitarians in a vast hotel in Birmingham for four days of meetings, which really wasn't as bad as it, it sounds. We have all lived to tell the tale. Four days of meetings, singing, worship, workshops and the like. You'll be able to hit, read more about the meetings in our next newsletter when it's printed next week. So today I'm aiming just to give a little flavour of the meetings. I'm picking out some of the ideas that inspired me. As a congregation, we're entitled to send two delegates to the meetings, and each year we encourage someone new to attend, as I think it's a really good way to get a sense of our wider movement. I've been attending the meetings annually since 1996, and Annette, where are you, Annette? There she is has been attending, what was it, since 1964, but she's not been every year, not every year, but look at us, we're thriving on it. Maybe next year it could be one of you joining us. Now in that time we've listened to an awful lot of words, and, and in truth I'm not a meeting sort of person, but I think I am a people sort of a person, and when I walk through the doors and immediately bump into people that I've known for years and not seen since last year, my heart really lifts. And at this year's meetings, I was also delighted to realise how many people I didn't know. There were new faces, people with new ideas, people who'd found a Unitarian community quite recently, like some of you, and whose enthusiasm reminded me of that word's enthusiasm's original meaning in Greek of entheos, filled with God, God within. It's good for me to be reminded that we're part of a larger community, that we're part of a worldwide liberal religious faith. This is not just our individual journey. People have walked this path before us. People are traveling alongside us now. Last year, I was invited with uh, 30 or so others to join in a vision sharing day for the future of Unitarianism here in Britain. And the fruits of that day of conversation have now been published in a document, which I happen to have a copy here, um, A Vision for the Future. It is actually a surprisingly good read, and it's got pictures in there. And uh, I'll make sure there are some copies here in the library for people to borrow. I found this a good read for a number of reasons. It, it's written by lots of different people, and it contains plenty of contradictions and challenges, as you'd expect in a Unitarian document. It's not saying one message. It also deals with life in Britain today, and it asks difficult questions, one of which, I think, is how can a liberal faith like ours be of relevance in the 21st century? What on earth have we got to offer a world that seems sometimes to be polarising with secularism on the one hand and, and a return to fundamentalism at the other? I think when there's a clear issue for us to engage with, we Unitarians do get involved. We fought the campaign for equal marriage alongside the Quakers and the liberal Jewish community with real determination. Here in Kensington, we're awaiting for approval for our own application to be registered to conduct same-sex marriage ceremonies. And we'll probably be the first religious venue in the borough to be so registered. Now, that campaign is completed, but what are the next issues that require our liberal voice? 
equal marriage was clearly an issue in accord with our values. If we believe in the equality of all people, then we'd want all people to be able to express their love and commitment in equal ways, whoever they choose to love. Though don't believe for a moment that all Unitarians think the same way about this issue, there are still some who are concerned about the meaning of the word marriage and whether that's the appropriate term. Each year at our annual meetings, we discuss motions put forward by congregations and other groups. A few years ago, we voted in favour of assisted dying, again, a very contentious issue and not one supported by all Unitarians by any means. This year's resolutions expressed our concerns about TTIP, the proposed transatlantic trade agreement, and about the use of animals in medical experiments. There are some 180 Unitarian congregations around our country and I know enough about them to know that we here at Essex Church are pretty fortunate. We are a happy, healthy congregation with resources to support our work and a goodly bunch of people to join in with all we do. But the world is changing and I wonder what changes are required of us if we're to be a true spiritual resource here in central London. I came back from this year's annual meetings inspired and infused and I'm looking forward to engaging in an exploration with each of you and with other members and friends of Kensington Unitarians as to our next steps as a community of faith. What is calling us in this complex world of ours? How best should we be using the gifts that we've been given? What could we create together that would have this world be a better place for all. The story continues. Amen. We have a calling in this world. We are called to honour diversity, to respect differences with dignity, and to challenge those who would forbid it. We are people of a wide path, let us be wide in affection and go our way in peace. Amen. Go well and blessed be.